0: morning friends Uh, this is Spencer Michelle and this is your weekly forecast for the week of June 24th through June the 30th Uh, well welcome to cancer Sun season Um, Suns just ingressed into cancer on Friday and getting uh, some of the summer season kicked off underway uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the sun in Cancer and the first decan in particular and the uh, important ingresses of this week. We have one in particular uh, with Mercury moving into Leo. And then we're going to take a little bit of a tour of uh, the moon through the uh, through the cycle and see what kind of things the moon's going to be touching on this week and uh, discuss a little bit about the the phases of the moon and and what to expect, uh, and the the energetic principles behind um, some of the different, um, I don't know, like Dane Rudyard type phases of the moon. Um, it's by no means new through him, but but he did a great job of explaining it. And then, you know, Dimitri, people like Demetra George were um, expanding on that in their more modern work. Um, so let's get to it. First of all, I just want to show you uh, the, the tarot card that's associated with Cancer and the first decan, um, which is the first 10-degree section of the, of the sign. Um, talk a little bit about Cancer here. Cancer is a cardinal or tropical sign, which means that it is the first sign in the, in the season. It is initiating the new summer energy. We just experienced the solstice on Friday, um, where the day was the longest and the night was the shortest, and now the the sun begins its descent uh, in the sky, and the days start to get a little bit shorter in length. And we've reached sort of a, a peak in the cycle. We've come over the top of the mountain, and now we're descending over the other side. Doesn't mean we know exactly where we're going, but it, it's sort of like a you know a bit of a full moon type of experience for the year. Uh, and we just got through this. I don't know. Fairly difficult period where we had Mars and Mercury um, opposing both Saturn and Pluto over the last couple of weeks, and that's been some some rough energy. Um, I'm sure that there's been some challenges that you all have come to 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 face. Maybe there was a few brick walls that you had to pull your resources to uh, spill around gently. Um, there may have been a few things that that said no in your life where you wanted something and uh, it didn't quite work out the way that you were planning. And hopefully we're getting somewhat past some of the, the roadblocks. I mean, we are heading towards some uh, pretty important new and full moon eclipses uh, in the beginning of July next week. Um, but this will be kind of the, the lead up to that new chapter marker. And with the sun and Cancer, um, The pace is probably, you know, it's a little bit of a different pace. Uh, The sun in general represents the, you know, according to the ancient authors, uh, the light of the intellect, the soul, the divine mind, the will, uh, its nature is to build. Um, And we are kind of experiencing, uh, wherever the sun is, is where we're going to have a conscious intention or set of intentions. So this week, we are experiencing Cancer One, which is represented by the Two of Cups. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the astrological associations and the tarot cards, um, each of the suits has a, uh, an element associated with it, and the cups is associated with water. Uh, the wands is fire, uh, swords is air, and the pentacles are associated with the, the earth signs. So here we have the first deccan of the cardinal water sign of cancer, and we're seeing two figures exchanging cups. It is a union of sorts. This card was called love, according to the book of Toth or the book T. And one of the things that cancer represents is the union of the body and the soul. So we have these kind of dual energies on the Cancer and Capricorn axis, where we have kind of the the soul's descent into matter with Cancer, and the soul's escape from matter, or the the uh, the atrophy of the body and the release during Capricorn time. So we're going to see that energy coming up over the summer, where we're going to be, you know. Things are growing. You can see it if you're in the Northern Hemisphere like, like I am. Uh, things are starting to grow, blossom, and bloom. Um, you know, All the animals have reproduced and babies are being formed and, and hatched. And, and then there's a nurturing quality that comes in with that where the things that we have birthed uh, we need to take care of and we need to put energy into um, you know, bringing to adulthood or to full fruition, and one of the themes of the last couple of weeks was what what types of things are you going to nurture and how many of your seed ideas uh, are worth putting your energy into, and which ones had to to be released so hopefully you've you've had some um, clarity with that over the last week and figured out what is worth putting your energy into and what needed to uh, be released so that you had the the right resources to move forward with the projects that are that are near and dear to your heart. Um, the sad fact of the matter is is that not every baby makes it, or not every physical baby in nature makes it. Not every uh, idea that we have, and every creative child that we have, makes it. I know that on my walks around the neighborhood recently, I've seen a number of. Baby animals that maybe were run over by a car or attacked by a predator. Um, I think over the course of the week, I saw a dead baby raccoon, uh, a dead baby squirrel, and then a, a flicker, a, a type of woodpecker that had been taken by a uh, by a hawk in our neighborhood. The interesting thing is, is that we did we found out it was a flicker because we looked at the feathers, and then saw a another baby flicker that had survived in our backyard. And that was really interesting to see that, you know, the one that made it and the one that didn't, thought it was a really interesting um, representation from nature of the energy that we've been going through. And the the woodpecker in general represents uh, rhythms in your life and new rhythms coming into your life. So some of these new rhythms may have been, uh, you know, nurtured and others may have been taken by the the hawks of Saturn (laughs) or Pluto in your life. And, and I would say that the, the key to, to understanding that and and dealing with that in a graceful manner is to realize that this is part of a, a, a unified whole. The, the experience that you're going through is part of something that is a greater cycle that this may be one event in, um, I've been listening to some uh, educational lectures about Hellenistic astrology and one of the points that is being made over and over again is that when we look at transits and progressions and perfections and zodiacal releasing, they are part of a greater biography of your life. And this may just be one chapter or one stage or one phase. And it's important to kind of see what chapter you're in and get some awareness and clarity with that, but not to get fixated on it as the, you know, the the be all end all and the the only energy that you're going to be experiencing because we're constantly moving through the story and we're in the middle of it. And sometimes we don't know what type of uh, story we're crafting until we actually hit the mile marker or hit the fruition or have the completion of that energy and then can reflect on it. So that's something that is a theme of cancer in particular is that reflection energy, um, being able to kind of examine some things in our life. Like the it, cancer, of course, is ruled by the moon and the moon is the reflected light of the sun and it is it does have a, a quote unquote reflective quality to it where you are able to kind of Think about the things in your life and feel them, and be able to instead of just intellectualizing them, feeling them on a very gut level, and kind of seeing how that fits into the, the greater scheme and picture of your life. Uh, this week, in particular, uh, we are going to be kind of at the end of a moon cycle. You know, we've gone, we've had the full moon, and we are moving towards the waning cycle of the moon, where the moon is releasing its light. So if we we start our little journey on our tour of the moon cycle this week, you can see my screen here. Here it is Monday, June 24th at 6 a.m., and we are said to be in what is called a disseminating phase. So we can see, and I'm going to annotate this here, that the, the distance, the arc of distance between the moon and the sun is now for for disseminating phase is 135 to 90 degrees behind the sun so you can see that the in front of the sun we have this area down here and then we come to the full moon kind of opposition over here and then here this this area is behind the sun okay so the disseminating phase was compared by jane rudyard and then later Dimitra george in her book astrology uh, and the authentic self to the fruit phase, where you had the flowering phase at the full moon. The disseminating phase was the when the fruit fruit became ripened, and we are seeing um, the results of our actions that we initiated at the new moon seed phase. And so you're gonna. This is about um, harvesting the crop. This is about um, distributing what you've learned over this cycle, and seeing what has come to fruition. So today, well, maybe not today, but on Monday, we are going to have the moon moving through the sign of Pisces, the last decan of Pisces here. And we're just separating from a sextile with Pluto earlier in the day, uh, and the next aspect we're gonna have is a trine with Mars in Cancer. So there may be some kind of, you know, you may feel a nice uh, boost of energy uh, or emotional energy where there's a, a harmonious conversation. Trines were said to be the nature of Jupiter, uh, the the greater benefic. So there may be a nice burst of emotional energy that you get over the course of the day. Uh, we are seeing uh, a trine after that a few hours later with Mercury, okay, here we go, we can see the trine with Mercury happening, and that may be a similar boost, but this time to the ability to communicate, um, to the intellect, to uh, maybe any commercial endeavors that you have going since Mercury was associated with commerce and with, uh, with merchants. So there may be some kind of trigger that happens with that. Remember the moon is a trigger, trigger mechanism. Uh, it is, was associated with forms that come into being and pass away. It was associated with the concept of tuke, which is um, fortune. So a lot of the times the moon is triggering events out in our life that we can see in the, the visible world of form, and it may not be through necessarily through our own actions, although it may be the result of actions that we took in the past, and those things are finally coming into form. Um, but the difference between that and the sun is the sun is was, was associated with what was called daimon, or spirit, and that's more about the will and about the actions that we take. So... We're going to see the moon triggering different planetary aspects throughout the week, and the overarching um, will or theme that we're going to be experiencing is that of the, the Cancer Sun or the nurturing aspect. So we're going to see it move through Pisces on Monday, and the moon is going to move into the sign of Aries later in the day, okay? right around noon or so, we see that now we've got the moon uh, in Aries here. And that's going to set off a little bit of a T-square energy between Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, Mars, the sun, and the moon in Aries. So we've still got the the signs of Capricorn and Cancer hosting um, Saturn and Pluto, respectively, and then Mercury, Mars, and now the sun. And those planetary uh, teams or deities that are hanging out in uh, these domiciles here are kind of facing off with one another and the moon is now um, coming into a square or uh, what is said to be the nature of Mars. So there's a little bit of friction that may come up um, on late Monday going into Tuesday. Now the sun has set off this kind of, uh, you know, in the middle of this T squared energy here as well. As we move into the moon in Aries. We have two conditions that we're looking for here. Let me move it forward a little bit. Okay. So, there we go. So, first of all, we have a mutual reception that is happening between the moon in Aries, whoa, and then Mars in Cancer. So, mutual reception is something where the planets are hanging out in each other's temples or each other's domiciles, and thus they have an open line of communication to one another that allows them to uh, use the resources of, of the other. So it's, it's usually a harmonious or beneficial um, relationship. Now, the challenge that we have here is that the moon and Mars, while being in each other's domiciles, they are squared to one another. So this is kind of like you're staying in uh, your, your buddy's house, but it's not necessarily friendly and maybe you're on poor terms with your friend and they're kind of pissed that you're staying in their house and you're kind of pissed that they're staying in your house and the, and the conversation may not be um, as productive as it could be if there was a, a more beneficial aspect like a trine or a sextile. Uh, so there's a little bit of a negotiation that may have to come up or a tension between the moon and Mars on the first couple of days of the the week, even though that they are engaged in a conversation, and eventually that uh, difficulty may end up benefiting um, you in your life. Um, but it's going to be the moon, when the moon moves in Aries, there may be some more um, subjective concerns that we that come up uh, instead of the more magnanimous Jupiterian. Uh, Pisces moon we have this this Mars ruled Aryan moon where we're kind of our own desires are bubbling up to the surface and we're saying well hey wait a wait a minute what about me and what I want Um, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily you just have to be careful and watch out for it that it doesn't cause uh, unnecessary conflict sometimes there's necessary conflict and and it's good to kind of air things out but try try not to to get too to heat it up in the first couple of days of the week here. Um, the other thing that that's going to do is it's going to start a, we're going to be seeing a conjunction with Chiron. So the moon is going to conjoin Chiron at five degrees Aries, which may bring up, uh, the, the Chiron was, was associated with the wounded healer, some kind of wound that you may have that, um, that gets triggered um, Karen was a really interesting figure. I think if we just call him the wounded healer, we may not be doing him justice. Uh, he was also a great teacher and a great uh, healer. Uh, he had a knowledge of plant medicine and and was someone who trained um, people in the um well i don't know the hermetic arts you could call it and So we may see themes come up related to that as well, like teaching and learning. Um, but in the chart, in, the, in a modern context, Chiron was associated with a wound that you may be able to um, help others with, but that you have difficulty dealing with yourself. So it's like you're giving this energy to somebody else, but and you're teaching them about this particular uh, issue, but you have difficulty um, manifesting it for yourself. And that's going to move into... As we move past that particular square, I'm sorry, conjunction, we're going to see the moon. The next aspect we make here is an applying uh, square with the sun. Okay, so there we see the moon's coming into square with the sun. Now this kicks off and starts to trigger a new phase of the moon, all right? And we can see that this this distance that we have between the moon and the sun now is roughly between 90 and 45 degrees. At this point, it's exactly 90 degrees, which is the square, okay? But this phase, is called the last quarter, and I'll put that as LQ. Okay, and the last quarter phase of the moon cycle, according to Mr. Dane Ridyar and Dimitra George and other authors, was a point of crisis. Uh, it was a point of reevaluation. Uh, the fruit had fallen off the vine, and the, the stalk of the plant has started to wither. And we may be turning away from the original goal that we had at the new moon and searching for a new, um, oh, I don't know, a new type of goal or a new type of direction. And it may be very different than the old one. And the the thing that comes up with this, the word that always sticks out in my mind for last quarter moon phase is an existential crisis, may have a crisis of, Of faith or of of purpose or philosophy, and you may reverse course. Um, I happen to have a last quarter moon phase by birth, and I can tell you that almost every day is a new existential crisis. (laughs) Um, I do a lot of evaluating. I do a lot of reflecting, and I I really think about um, what all of my actions mean within the greater context of my life and other people's lives. And that can be a good thing. It can also be a little bit uh, debilitating at times because instead of taking a lot of forward action, um, my personal modus operandi is to overthink things before actually taking the action. And that, that can be challenging. So that might be one of the things that is cropping up on a more universal level in the first couple of days of the week is we may have trouble moving forward because really the part of the cycle that we're in here is releasing and reevaluating some of the assumptions that we may have made in the beginning of the last cycle. And we're moving towards the next phase, which is called the balsamic phase, which is the consolidation of a seed for planting for the next new moon. And this is a big new moon that we are going to be planting in the beginning of July. In fact, it is a new moon solar eclipse, which is uh, said to be a supercharged new moon and a chapter marker, so it's not just a monthly refresh. It is a you know a six month refresh, or even within a greater, longer term cycle. I I believe that the the cycles happen every uh, every couple decades here, where they they have a new moon eclipse in the in a similar degree of the zodiac. So this could be a big a big new moon in a particular area or or house or topic of your chart. So one of the things to really examine over the next week as you are preparing for that gigantic new start is looking at the area of your chart uh, in particular where, where cancer is present um, and seeing what the topics are associated with that particular area of your chart and evaluate the last you know few months, last few years, maybe the last few decades, and, and see if you're going to be able to make a new start and what kind of goals that you would have. This is a great week to kind of look back and reflect on your life and do a little bit of a life evaluation. Um, for those of you who are into um, archangels and ascended masters, I believe the archangel associated with a life review was um, Jeremiel. I don't know if I'm saying that properly. I know it was the J one. And there's a particular archangel, and you can look this up. I think it was Jeremiel, uh where he was responsible for helping you do a life review, generally at death. But you can call upon that particular archangel to do a mini life review while you're still alive. And that can be useful to help you guide the light ahead to where you may want to go in the future. Um. So that is one of the things that I would recommend this month, or this week in particular. Uh, So as we move uh, through Tuesday, let me get rid of this here. We are going to be seeing, as we move past the conjunction with Chiron, uh, the next aspect we're going to see is, and the square with the sun, is a nice applying trine to jupiter on tuesday moving into wednesday okay so that's going to perfect on wednesday moving around the wheel here here we go so it's perfecting around 9 a.m or so on wednesday morning and that's going to be a very nice a very nice aspect uh, anytime the moon is making an applying aspect with a benefic, such as Jupiter or Venus, um, we generally have pleasant feelings, especially when it's a nice aspect like, like the trine or the sextile. So maybe expect some, some, some good news or something nice to manifest in your life. This is a time of optimism and of hope. Uh, maybe you're planning your, your vacation uh, maybe you 're planning a family get together or some kind of social event where you may uh, be able to uh, get together with people who you consider your kin or your tribe or your your family um, that that 's one of the themes of cancer is there is a little bit of a, uh, a a kinship that happens in the the sign of cancer and on the flip side on the negative side, it could be a, a, a clannishism or a type of um, you know, selection of only wanting what is familiar. But in general, the moon uh, is associated with inclusion. And with the sun being in the temple of the moon, we may, you know, want to include more people uh, that may not necessarily just be within our small circle. And that may be a good impulse is to reach out to some of the people in your life that, that may not, you may not think that they are part of your group, but you can you can bring them in. Everybody can be part of the, the family uh, at this time, I think. And the moon applying to a trine with Jupiter is a great time to reach out and uh, start to facilitate some of those relationships. Uh, as we move forward from the trine with Jupiter, Almost immediately, (laughs) almost immediately, I'm laughing because it's like, man, don't we get to enjoy that nice little aspect for a while? Almost immediately, we see that we're going to have a square with Saturn. Um, So here we can see this square aspect between the moon and Saturn, which is of the nature of Mars. And that is a separating, severing, you know. Heating quality. Okay. Um, so it's like maybe you invited everybody to the party or then you have second thoughts and you're like, eh, I don't want to invite that guy. <laughs> you know, like maybe it's like, yeah, don't invite uh you know, don't invite Uncle Joe. He always like stirs stirs some junk up and you know, he's probably gonna, you know, show up half in the bag or something and you may reevaluate the, the guest list a little bit. And that's that's fine. Um Sometimes we have to, uh, you know, be a little bit selective as to who we um, bring into our spheres. I just got done telling you you should reach out to more people, and that's good advice, but there may be some circumstances where um, it does bring more difficulty into your life than, than is necessary when you're dealing with people that you know are uh, going to bring you challenge. So there may be some kind of challenge that comes up uh, after we move past that nice aspect with Jupiter. Um, the good news is it's temporary. It's gonna move fairly quickly. If I move uh, forward here, this is always what's nice about moon, moon uh, transits is they move so quickly that, you know, if you're experiencing it, it may trigger an event, but you just kind of have to wait and then the next, the next thing happens. Uh, The next thing that we're experiencing on Wednesday here is a nice little sextile between the moon and Venus at 21 degrees of Aries and Gemini. So, you know, potentially you run into a little bumpy patch and then you start to harmonize it with with Venus towards the end of the day. Maybe you've worked it out, you've gotten over the hump with the, the challenge, and peace has been restored. Uh. As we move forward through the evening, we're going to see a square with Pluto, which could bring up some things from the from the underworld, so to speak, or from the volcanic depths of your uh, of your soul or of your subconscious or your psyche. Um, might not always be the most pleasant kind of thing, but maybe there's something that needs to be dealt with that you will resolve, and then you can move forward uh, into this beautiful Taurus moon towards the end of the week so the, the good news is is that the moon and Mars are gonna have mutual reception with one another so if some something is coming up that is you know sticky hairy if there's a family issue that you're needing to deal with if there's some kind of disagreement about how to properly nurture uh, somebody or something in your life uh, you can have a conversation now um, there may be some points where it may get a little heated but i think that ultimately there's going to be some kind of um productive conversation that comes out of some of the more challenging stuff that we're going through now we still have mars and cancer mars is still debilitated for for the week here which means that it is in its fall And it's not really functioning at its best. So there may be some residual effects of this kind of passive aggressiveness, this energy where we're, you know, going behind the scenes and there's a little bit of conflict in the family unit, whatever that means to you, the groups that you are a part of, the people that you share, maybe a community or some sort of shared sense of roots with. Uh, And the good news with that is we've got about a week left of that and then Mars is going to move signs too. Um, The other thing that's going on on Wednesday is Mercury is going to be shifting signs from Cancer into Leo. So if I show you the card associated with the first decan of Leo, we have the five of wands. And of course, the wands are indicative of the fire signs uh, and the element of fire and action so we have a more active Mercury now as as uh, the winged messenger moves into Leo. And the five of wands was called strife. And Austin Kopic in his book, 36 Faces, calls it the spotlight or the first decade of Leo, the spotlight. So it's kind of, we've got these, these young uh, folks that are... Um, contending with one another in a sort of mock battle. Uh, they are competing for either the spotlight or competing for some kind of recognition, um, some kind of solar activity. Maybe it's uh, shining their particular identity or light out there or vying for some kind of authority. So there may be some contesting, some destabilizing in matters related to authority. In matters related to uh, shining your sense of purpose out in the world. And there may be a more of a, an ego identification with your communications. We're moving out of the sign of cancer where we were, you know, there were these pregnant pauses and silences where we expected people to read our minds and, and we, you know, Mercury was hanging out in the temple of the moon. And now he's shifted into the temple of the sun, where he's getting a little bit, you know, more able to express uh, a personal desire, um, potentially a display of intellect, uh, a need to like, you know, prove what you know. Uh, and you got to be careful because you know if you're constantly throwing things out there, you you may not. You may be proving what you know, but you may also be proving what you don't know um, if you if you get too fired up about it and start to display your ignorance, so you have to be careful of that too. Um, try not to get too attached to your own subjective viewpoint with this particular uh, condition. Um, there can be some pride that people get uh, when they get too attached to their ideas and to their own um, you know, their own path when it comes to what they've studied and what their knowledge base is and things like that. We see this pretty often uh, on social media and Facebook and especially in the astrological community. There's lots of debates about which, you know, I don't know which system to use for this and for that. And, you know, if if you've studied a lot, you may feel a little bit of pride that swells up because you've put the hours in and you put the years in and and that system may really work for you, and you have a lot of experiential knowledge and then when somebody challenges it with something that they may have put you know an equal amount of energy into, or perhaps not that's where we start to get take offense if we think that someone hasn't put the same amount of effort that we have into, then that's when conflicts can can start to arise um, and I would caution you against that this week and and recognize that um you know there's many different uh, parts of the elephant that we're touching here uh, to, to quote a, a story where many wise men were describing an elephant. One described it like a like a tree trunk when he was touching the the legs. One was describing it like a, a snake when it was touching the the trunk, and you know uh, maybe somebody else was touching the the tusk or the tail. and ultimately, I think that without oversimplifying. Many of our systematic ways that we go through things help us get to somewhat of a similar destination. That's not always the case. There are definitely some instances where a specific knowledge set can can really uh, make a difference in the outcome. Um, but I would say that one of the good things uh, to remember this week is to try to respect other people's processes and remember that someone else's um, light does not necessarily have to diminish your own. Uh, I think that there's room for a diversity of opinions and a diversity of systems, and you can shine yours without having to uh, shade out somebody else's. Now, that may happen naturally. There may be some of us whose fire burns a little brighter than others, and that's okay. We're naturally going to cast a shadow, like the the way that the sun works is it, you know, it's it shines so brightly that uh, its light can make other stars in the sky seem to disappear. Um, that's not actually what's happening; they still exist, but they're under the beams of the sun. Um, so try not to get take too much of a, a personal affront if like, you know, your light gets eclipsed uh, every once in a while, or if you're, you know, when you're shining your light you get a little, either a little bit of pushback or if you, you know, have to agree to disagree with somebody, that's okay too. That's my, one of my favorite phrases is we'll just have to agree to disagree. And you know, that's, that's uh, it's your own prerogative. It's going back to those four agreements. Don't, don't take anything that other people say personally, because that's their own truth. All right. So moving forward with, uh, Mercury and Leo, uh, that happens on 8 19 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Mercury is said to ingress into the sign of Leo. And uh, immediately when Mercury ingresses, it's going to start to make a square with Uranus. So there is a square with Uranus. I don't know why I'm giggling at all this. I'm just giggling, like imagining. The conversations that are going to come up, and the explosiveness and disruption that may happen, um, when Mercury, in um, Leo, a sign that you know, could be very prideful, runs into the stubbornness of Taurus and, you know, the volatility of the planet Uranus. So, there may be some heated debates that, that go on uh, in the next you know few days here, and that's okay they may be necessary to to break up the crystallized patterns that things represented by the sign of Taurus may have gotten into uh, One of the roles of Uranus and Taurus is to to break up the the, um, the concretized old, outdated patterns that we may be living in the, the old narratives that we may have taken for granted within our lives. And Mercury is going to be stimulating that planet this week. It's going to be starting to have a conversation with that, that disruptive element. And I, I like to think of these, these things as uh, we embracing these types of um, relationships and conversations because a little bit of friction every once in a while is what makes the rubber meet the road and moves you forward. So, a tire has tread on it so and has friction with the road so that it can move it forward. If tires were completely uh, devoid of any uh, tread or friction, we wouldn't go anywhere. We'd just be spinning our wheels. So, embrace some of the, the The harder conversations that you have to have this week. Um, And try to be humble if you can. Uh, Try not to get too attached to your own idea. Try to listen if you can and see the other person's point of view, even if it doesn't completely match up with yours. And that's going to be a good um, mode of operation in the next weeks ahead, especially as Mercury moves through Leo and it's square with Uranus and Taurus. Okay. So let's take a look here at the end of the week. So we've still got this uh, as I look in the at the sky here. So we move into Thursday. Let's see if I can get rid of this here. Boom. As we move into Thursday, we're gonna have this uh, early square from the moon in Aries to Mars in Cancer. I love it when those aspects happen um, while I'm sleeping. <laughs> like maybe that's not the greatest for for getting a restful, restorative sleep. Um, but maybe I can just work out all the tension and the drama in my dream state rather than with all the people in my life. So uh, that's going to happen really early in the morning, depending on where you where you live. Um, so. Some of us may be working it out in our dreams, and our, our astral life, and others may have to really manifest it in the, the world of form. Oh, man. So as we move forward into Thursday, the 27th, we are going to see this beautiful thing happening where the moon is going to be moving out of the temple of Mars and into the domicile of Venus. A sigh of relief at 9.52 or uh, 9.32 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The moon is going to enter her exaltation. So this is a form of dignity that um, is bestowed upon the moon when she is residing or visiting or traveling through the temple of Taurus or Venus, um, where she is honored she is the honored guest in the house of Taurus she has a, a nice um, receptivity with Venus and their friends their buddies they're both of the night sect which is being which has a philosophy of, of creating diversity and change uh, the, those are some of the philosophical core values of the night sect so there is an agreement here. Uh, the moon becomes stabilized, like some of the things that may be coming into being. Or there's a little bit of a slowing of the pace. There is instead of an aggressive um, reaching out for what we want when Mars was in Aries, uh, we have a kind of a relaxation where we're letting things more come to us with the Moon in Taurus. I have this placement in my chart. I have the Moon in Taurus in the tenth house and. Um, it is a gift. It is a gift of um, being able to plant the seeds and then water them consistently. Uh, when the moon is in Taurus, figure out how you can uh, nurture the things in your life. Get out and get some, get some sunshine. Get your hands in the dirt. Get dirty. Uh, water your plants. Um, but don't water them too much. Like this is this is a thing that you'll learn when you have some prominent Taurus placements. You can overwater things, and if you don't uh, take care of the plant wisely, this is what every gardener likes to learns. Okay, uh, you're gonna you can drown a plant if you give it too much water. You can um, mess it up if you touch it too much. You can overplant your garden. Uh, one of the things I learned when I was a gardener. Um, well, as as a beginning gardener, I still still grow some stuff. I like to. I've gone from planting vegetables and things like that to doing. Um, I do bonsai trees now. I, I grow little little miniature trees and trim them, and it really pleases my uh, Taurus moon and all of my Virgo placements because, like, of course, Virgo placements like miniature things and taking care of things that are small and like you know you know perfecting them over time. Uh, And to do bonsai correctly, you have to be very patient because the trees grow for years, decades before they are able to be shaped properly. And you have to make the cut uh, correctly or you will lose years worth of growth. And (laughs) that is quite a lesson in uh, the cycles of time. You want to you wanna learn about the cycle of time and patience, go, go grow some bonsai trees and, and get into that meditative practice. Um, but one of the things you learn as a vegetable gardener is that you shouldn't overplant the garden. You plant things too close together and they will crowd each other out and none of them can, can do as well as they could as, um, if you were to plant things with better spacing. Um, so that's, those are some of the themes that we're going to see with the moon in Taurus, a little bit of a, um, you know, generally a, a calming down of things. Now, there's a mitigating factor here when I talk about the calmness of the moon in Taurus. But two things. First of all, anytime we have the moon moving into Taurus, whether it's by new moon, full moon, or just passing moon cycles, for the next few years, it's going to be meeting up with Uranus, the disruptor. So <laughs> normally this really nice placid Taurus moon that we get, uh, you know, is going to be, uh, it's normally going to be very like relaxed and, and Venusian, but we've got this, this Uranian element now, this kind of shocking element that may be triggered every time the moon is going into Taurus. So, so kind of keep your eyes peeled for uh, a trigger of some, some of the shakeups that you may be experiencing in the Taurus area of your chart. This this aspect is also going to trigger a square with Mercury, so it may, you know, uh, trigger that that kind of challenging energy between the pride of Mercury in Leo, excuse me, and the disruptive quality of uh, Uranus and Taurus. So watch out for that on Thursday. Um, we're gonna have a sextile between the Moon and the Sun as we move through the day. Now, for those of you who are uh, astrologers, this is going to be the beginning of the Great Lakes Astrology Conference in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, So it's, you know, I think it's going to be a stimulating type of uh, experience. Uh, For me personally, I'm going to be giving a lecture there. I'm going to be meeting all sorts of astrologers from all over the world. That may have something to do with the moon and Uranus here. And, you know, I I have a good feeling about You know, we might have some of those conversations where we're exchanging knowledge, but I think it's going to be a stimulating, productive, growth-oriented experience rather than something that that uh, you know maybe less disruptive. I think it's going to be fun. Um, So this may be something that to keep in mind. And the beautiful thing about this too is that not only is the moon in the sign of Taurus, as we have the uh, because the sun is now in the sign of cancer or the domicile of cancer, the moon is really going to give us a, a type of um, relationship with wherever the moon is placed by sign as well. So we're going to have a, it's almost like a double whammy where we're going to really feel the changes of the moon doubly because the moon is going to be providing for the sun. So our sense of identity may be wrapped up with where the moon is placed uh, by sign as well, so we may feel a little bit more uh, emotional, our moods may change our our identities may even seem to shift from every few days as the moon moves through its cycle. Uh, but there is a, a harmonious relationship between the moon and the sun as we move into uh, Taurus here and the sextile see we 've got a sextile here between the moon and the sun, and the sextiles were said to be of the nature of Venus, based on the relationship between uh, the planets in the Thema Mundi or the nativity of the world, and we can you can check out past videos for some explanations on that, but in general, Venus was uh, said to be two signs away from the lights uh, in the chart of the world, so that 's a harmonizing aspect that is something that brings. It's the lesser uh, benefic, so it brings some nice things into our life. Uh, It brings a a little bit of an ability to allow things to come to us rather than forcing things, and that's always a nice thing to to experience. Um, So that's Thursday. Now, as we move into Friday, as we move into Friday, we're going to have a shift of our moon phase here. So. The next moon phase that we are going to experience is the last quarter moon. And the last quarter moon is time the moon, the distance between the moon and the sun. Sorry, I already talked about the last quarter. This is, this is the balsamic moon phase. So the last quarter of course was when the moon was between 90 and 45 degrees uh, behind the sun. And now we have this condition where the moon is less than 45 degrees behind the sun, okay? And we're moving through that as we move into Saturday, okay? Uh, Before we get to the balsamic phase, we're going to see a set of trines with the moon and Saturn, which may bring a little bit more of a serious tone to the conversation, as we move into Friday afternoon. The conversation may be sober, but it may be productive. Sometimes we have a, here we go, now we have a nice trine between the moon and Saturn at about 17 degrees, 18, 17, 18 degrees Taurus and Capricorn, the Earth signs. So this may be a a thing where you are having a productive Saturnian conversation where, you know, you may have come up with a a bunch of new ideas. You may have planted some new seeds. You may have been relaxing and now it's time to sober up a little bit and, and get a little bit serious and get to work and put the, put the pedal to the metal and start to, you know, bring some structure into, into your life and the things that you've planted and the seeds that you have initiated. Uh, there's going to be a sextile also with the Moon and Neptune, so there may be a little bit of a dreamy quality to that. There's going to be a little bit of a dichotomy between the seriousness and the sobriety of Saturn and the illusion, illusion and the rose-colored glasses type of uh, signature of Neptune in Pisces. So it's a balance. It's like how do you how do you balance out the reality versus the 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 illusion and That's part of the conversation that you're going to be having at the end of the week here is is what is real and what isn't, and what is worth um, consolidating into form, and what do we need to let go of as a dream that that may not be uh, in our best interest. So as we move forward through Saturday, we're going to see that balsamic moon happening early in the morning around 3 a.m., now we see the distance between the, the moon and the sun being roughly 45 degrees of arc, okay? So this is when the sun, I'm sorry, when the moon is less than 45 degrees, less than. Okay, and the balsamic moon phase is associated with the dark moon phase, um, the crone phase, where we are. We've we've gone through the existential crisis. We have gone through the the challenging philosophical questioning, and maybe we have made a choice about what our next move is going to be, and we're going to start. Consolidating all the wisdom that we gained at the beginning of the moon cycle and um, be able to plant it underneath the ground in the, the dark earth as a legacy for the next cycle of birth, fruition, and then death. So, this is like the release phase. This is where you're kind of, you know, you will be asked to let go of things, you'll be asked to clear the decks. And, and get rid of everything that isn't serving you for the next, uh, for the, um, next seed to be planted. Uh, the balsamic phase in Demetra's book, uh, Astrology and the Authentic Self, was talked about as leaving a legacy for the next generation. What did you learn over Gemini season? What did you learn at the Gemini new moon? What have you learned at, during the spring, the end of spring here? What did you learn over the Mars and Saturn opposition? What did you learn with the Mars and Pluto opposition? What needs to go so that you can make a brand new start in the Cancerian part of your life? How are you going to initiate that summer energy where you are uh, you know, bringing things into the flowering phase, into the fruit phase? phase how are you going to pollinate the flowers that have uh, that you have come to recognition at the solstice and then ripen the fruit and take care of the the plant as you move over the uh over the hump of the year so to speak and into the phase where we are now disseminating the ideas that were you know some of them that were initiated at the winter solstice last year uh, when the light began to increase, so this may be a good time to to look back uh, around the end of December, around December twentieth to twenty first, and see what types of things you were starting around that time of the year, and how successful were you? How how many of those dreams? Uh, how many of those New Year's resolutions? That's really the time to set New Year's resolutions is the beginning of Capricorn season. Um, I think anybody who looks at astrological timing doesn't necessarily wait till the new year. They're, they're making plans at the beginning of Capricorn season. Uh, so take a look back at that in your journals and see what did you initiate? What kind of plans did you make? Uh, are you getting the results that you, um, that you hoped for? Do you need to make a shift in your life? And this is the time to make a shift. The cancer is, represented, cancer is represented by the crab, and the crab moves with the tides. Sometimes they move forward, sometimes they move sideways, sometimes they move backwards. There may be a shift of direction that you need to take based on the, your evaluation and your reflection that you uh, are looking back on the, the Capricorn period of time that we experienced in the last cycle. Um, take the time to self-reflect. I think that that's always, I mean, this is coming, <laughs> giggle again, because this is coming from a Cancer sun with a Taurus moon. And <laughs> it's one of my favorite activities is reflecting on things. So. But it, it, can be, it can be fruitful, especially at this time of the year when the sun is in Cancer and the moon is in Taurus. Uh, it may be a really productive time that will allow you to plant the right types of seeds uh, for the next cycle. So that'll be Saturday when the balsamic moon starts. And in the evening, in the evening, we're going to see a movement of the moon into Gemini. And there may be a little bit more of a communicative frenetic pace that happens uh, in the evening on Saturday. It may be a more social moon. Um, Saturday night might be a time to get together with groups of people and have stimulating discourse and conversations. There'll be a nice sextile with Mercury in in Leo. Uh, We've got the beginnings of an applying um, opposition with Jupiter. Generally, contact with benefics can be uh, beneficial. We've got the moon starting to apply to a, a conjunction with Venus. So the moon is sitting at the table with Venus now. Um so I I have a feeling that this weekend, June 29th, June 28th, maybe a pretty pleasant, maybe pretty social. Um we're gonna see the square there's gonna be a little bit of a square to Neptune that's gonna be happening uh throughout the weekend as well. So don't overdo it. You know, if you're if you're having a social event, um be conscious of the your limits, right? Saturn's going to remind you of your limits. Neptune is not. Neptune is going <laughs> to try to dissolve all of your boundaries and limits, and potentially encourage you to to go off the deep end into a fantasy world. Um, so just be a little aware of that and careful with that as I'm, we move through Sunday here. And yeah, that's pretty much taking us to the end of the week. Now, just looking ahead a little bit. Uh, we're really preparing for the set of eclipses that are happening on uh, on July the 2nd, the new moon solar eclipse in the sign of Cancer at about 10 degrees Cancer. And then the full moon lunar eclipse on July the 16th that happens, I believe, roughly around 23 to 24 degrees. Let's look for sure here. Let's look ahead. Bing, bang, boom. So there we go. We've got the July 2nd new moon eclipse that's happening at 10 degrees. And then we have on the 16th the full moon that's happening, yes, roughly about 24 degrees on the axis of Cancer and Capricorn. So big changes are coming. And this is a great time to just Get your ducks in a row before the next chapter begins. There'll be a transitionary period between the new new moon solar eclipse and the full moon lunar eclipse, where there may be new impulses coming in, and and the old may, tide may be going out around that time. Um, maybe a little sticky around that week because we've got still got all these you know Saturn and Pluto and and uh, now Venus will be joining the uh, the story here. As we move into those eclipses, uh, I think this week's going to be fairly, kind of a little bit of a maybe a calm before the storm type of experience. So take advantage of it. Uh, do some reflection. Let go of the things that do not serving you. Reevaluate your plans and goals so that you can really make a, a new, fresh start when the eclipse energy comes along. And uh, you know, enjoy enjoy some good times with family and friends. And, uh, you know, exchange some ideas, not too forcefully, um, be a good listener, as well as as somebody who is sharing their own ideas, and I think you'll have a pretty good week. That's about what I've got for the week here. Um, For all those of you who are astrologers, the the Great Lakes Astrology Conference is happening from June 27th this week to July 1st. I'll be giving a talk on, um, I think, Saturday morning. Uh, friday morning i don't remember one of those days i'll be doing a lecture i'm going to be talking about how to share um, how to share things as an astrologer on social media and how to get your uh, your ducks in a row with that and how to you know be more productive with with uh video and with blogging and with you know Instagram and how to get you know automate some of these processes so if you're in the Midwest, or even if you're not and you want to take a trip, it's going to be fun. We've got uh, a number of wonderful astrologers. My mentor, Adam Ellenbos, is going to be there. Uh, Gemini Brett, Gary Caton, um, Samuel Reynolds, Ann Ortley, Armand Diaz, uh, Ronnie Dreyer. Uh, I could go on and on. The list goes on. It's going to be a pretty, pretty fun time, I think. So if you're in the neighborhood and you're still on the fence, come and join us. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll get to hang out. You'll get to see some of your favorite astrologers in person. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. So that's what I've got for today. Uh, try to uh, take care of yourselves and the people you love. And remember to practice good self-care and get outside a little bit, soak up some sun, get your hands in the dirt, sit at the beach or wherever uh, you find is relaxing for you. And uh, I hope you have a good week everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.